You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the first full day of summer, June the 21st, 2012. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And Dave, I'm in the middle of Dante's Toronto. Uh, if I'm sounding slow or I'm off game today, dude, uh, and, and all listeners, like, free apologies. Um, there's this heat wave hitting the Northeast, and um, yeah... Things are just going a little bit slower out here these days. Welcome to my world every day, Jim. Uh, man, yeah. Well, you know what? You're used to it. <laughs> this is Canada. This is Eastern Canada. It's supposed to be like, you know, moderately like, you know, cold. Um, but, oh my goodness. It's uh, about 90, de- 90, 92 degrees Fahrenheit outside. And with all the humidity and the dampness hanging in the air, it feels like 105 and... Uh, I'm sitting in an air-conditioned room, and I'm feeling draggy. Global warming? Well, hopefully uh, it'll slow down to uh, the same pace that we over here on the West Coast are, are just operating at. You see, this is why I loved living in Victoria all those years, Dave. Like, it would be 19, 20 degrees Celsius, uh, somewhere, like, comfortable, 68 Fahrenheit. And that was yeah. summer. That was a, That's a warm summer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, perfect true, sweater weather. True. Perfect sweater weather every day of the year. <laughs> yep, and if you want to just uh, you know go a few uh, few hours up island, and, and then all of a sudden you know you can have some heat if you go on the inside. Anyways, our listeners don't need to uh, to listen to us babble about what the weather and, and climate are like over here on the west coast versus east coast. But my sympathies uh, to 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 you and your and your brethren over there. 
for for the uh, what I hear is is absolutely miserable heat. You know, I, I'm I've supposed been to. I've lived in Ottawa. I know what it's like, and it sucks. I'm Chris Bogues is in town. Uh, the the you know Chris Bogues from uh, Rosetta, um, president of yep. Sempo, and him and I are supposed to get together later tonight. And when Chris and I get together, like you know. Weird, weird stuff happens. Like it's usually pretty funny. A couple, a couple of weeks ago, he was in Toronto for SES. We found ourselves at a booze can somewhere at seven in the morning. Um, actually, I had most of many, many of the simple people at that booze can. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is a reason the industry is as much fun as it seems. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah. So anyway, uh, today is going to be a bit of a weird one. Um, Pub crawl. That is a brilliant idea, Brasco. Uh, Brasco in our private chat writes, go on a pub crawl. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of pub crawls and drunken sailors and all that sort of heady crap, how's things going with Facebook? Uh, well, <laughs> I have no idea know, where that segue can... came from, but... <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, it, it, it somehow uh, being absolutely hammered uh, would explain more about what's going on over at Facebook. Um, and, and I don't mean internally in Facebook. I mean, there's, there's lots going on. Of course, I'm watching the news over at Facebook, probably more closely than I have watched the news on any individual company ever, um, like daily, just because I am so, uh, Disheartened, maybe disgusted is a better word. <laughs> um, by by the shares, it, it was it was funny. I, I I mean, obviously, you know, I'm I'm in a weird way, kind of happy for investors who got in early under bad advice, uh, but who got in early. Great, they're recouping. They're probably selling right about now. Going cut our losses. <laughs> uh, we're, we're down to you know the lower single digit losses. You know we bought at thirty eight or forty five or whatever. Let's just let's just get out now. Get out now. Um, but the 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 spike for those who haven't been watching Facebook's um, share prices, it's up quite dramatically over the last few days. Like enormously dramatically. It was uh, you know hovering down at uh, you know at, at its low at about twenty five bucks. Um, now it's back up trading. Well. I'm looking at it right now at $31.77. Now, here's the crazy – here's what gives me no faith um, in, in, our entire, in our entire system. And it's funny because you and I on Facebook, we're having debates over different parts <laughs> of different flaws in, our, <laughs> in the system. Um, but, you know, I mean, oddly, I think they're, they're kind of related. You and I were talking more sociopolitical over on Facebook earlier, an irony here. Um, now we're looking at just a pure – Stupid economics that goes on here. Um, if we look at the the, the news and, and you know look at their shares and you know Google's very great. They they plot news points and they're obviously not everything, but they they plot the news points. If you look late last night, like towards uh, you know sort of close of day three thirty four o'clock, um, you'll see that the news is there's some decent news pieces you know, or inert news pieces, but nothing. Uh, shattering nothing that, that would let you know hey you know Facebook's about to you know take over the world um, and, and some talk about the, the the patent settlements then overnight and this morning launching in is uh, the the only real news stories coming out about Facebook um, are related to you know more negative things but just you know things related to the IPO and lawsuits and this and that. I mean nothing 
you know, we're, nothing that would make me expect it to go down, nothing that would make me expect it to go, but it spikes this morning. Well, there was a, there <laughs> First was thing a in the morning news. with nothing but basically either inert or bad news, it spikes. There was an announcement oh. about some, some advancements into mobile, but we all knew that was good. We well, there was another announcement, right. another announcement that was made yesterday um, that, that may have had an impact in the shares. Facebook has bought a facial recognition system with the extraordinary domain name Face.com. It just completed its $1 billion purchase yesterday. That's and this is true. A, this is a system that is going to help. I mean, like, while, while you were talking a few moments ago, I was thinking a little bit about Yahoo and why we were so personally, you know, incised to the point where you just had to mention Yahoo at any point in 2011 and you and I would just start laughing. Because we were just so frustrated with the stupidity of it all. You see how that happens? Yep. Okay, but 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 I, I want to ask a quick question, and I think this 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 goes to the the um, perception of the value of shares at Facebook. Why were we so incised about Yahoo? I mean, like it, this is a time of great economic disruption. Companies are coming, companies are going. Billions of dollars are just flying around, um, you know, uh, in loss and profit, and the numbers are much bigger. Why were we so freaked out about Yahoo? I think because we had a sense of ownership over it. Now, Facebook, you and I have been laughing about the value of Facebook for over a year now, yet we engage each other for hours at a time in these truly pointless political debates, socio-political debates. Yeah. In Facebook, I mean, it's driving our clout scores through the roof, certainly. But um, I'm not really sure the value of those debates, except we're in a space in which we have a sense of ownership. Correct. Now, anyone who bought early, say they got in at 48, say they got in at 30-something, say they're some of the lucky folks who are buying the shares that are selling at 31 right now, Let's think about the long play here with Facebook for a second. Like, what if, just what if, a year from now, two years from now, Facebook finally figures out how to monetize one-seventh of the Internet population? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> the problem with Facebook right now is nobody can see, or see a truly clear profit model for them. I always say a truly clear revenue model that produces the mega profits Google produces. Because don't forget, in this world, everything's compared against Goog. If it yeah. ain't Goog, it ain't good. Um, and uh, so, like Facebook, I think that there's an emotional reaction to Facebook as well as the you know the, the logic, logical calculation you have to go through in making investments. Um, that since it's a place that everyone who who is part of it, or the majority of people who who, who participate at Facebook, have a sense of ownership, of belonging, of of real community. We were arguing with a fellow whose initials are like uh, BR over yeah. on Facebook like all day today. Yep. Now, he and I adamantly disagree on some stuff. Um, but one thing we, I'm positive will agree on is we owned that space we were in. You know? You did too. Yeah. So, did, so, did, so did KS and so did anybody else who was like involved in that discussion thread. Yeah. Um, we all owned that space we were in. And there's something to that sense of ownership, that sense of uh, inso community camaraderie. Agree or disagree? You know, we were having an, a relatively intelligent debate. We were. I mean, it, it's a, don't get me wrong. I think it's a phenomenal space. I mean, you know, obviously I like Facebook. I'm there all the time. 
I mean, I guess I can't say all the time, but I, I'm there periodically um, throughout a day. You know, I'll, it'll, it's where I'll go at lunch, even if I'm just looking to find videos that, that other friends and I have. It's integrating in with, um, you know, with Bing. Fantastic. And that actually makes me want to use Bing more because it's got Facebook data now being pulled into it, right? So I can, mm-hmm. I can see what my real friends, all of whom are in Facebook, are, are thinking about this. Fantastic. I, I, I don't think anybody, myself included, can debate whether Facebook is an enormously valuable property. But it's but the revenue model, isn't it? It's, it's a damn the revenue, revenue model. model. And I mean, there is this promise, right? Everybody's doing this investing based on, hey, and I mean, they've got all these users and they could have a revenue model. Well, well let me tell you, <laughs> you know, there's, there's lots of sites like that. I mean, heck, you know, well, Rob, we had him on the show. I mean, he's got a, a very, very popular site, thousands of visitors a day. Offer you know, on a free service doesn't have a revenue model. Can he now value that company based on I got a lot of users? I just haven't figured out how to make money off them. Well, we would have back in two thousand. <laughs> well, that's okay. Valid point, but it doesn't anymore. And I mean, you look and it's like, well, recently one of the the big issues that they're having, and it's part of the Face.com purchase, is well, they haven't figured out how to monetize mobile. Okay, let's say they figure that out and they double. So now every user's worth two bucks. Does that even possibly <laughs> explain what their valuation is? Well, no, um, no, but 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 when you're when you're touching one seventh of the internet like community, um, that's again they don't know how to make hay out of it. But there's a there's a big field there. See, and that's the thing. I mean, they they have this large user base, but there is the crux me. There is the problem. Is until you can show me that you can make money, why why are you worth anything? This is the the problem with the way all. It, it seems to be pretty much isolated into tech companies, but it, I mean, it does. You know, I guess it, it expands a little bit, but it's definitely prominent here. Is this idea that I should invest in something because it's inherently good that people are there? Well, no, no, it's not. Right? I mean, you know, otherwise you could you could charge a lot just for you know kind of ha- being around the Washington Monument. Lots of people go there, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's so that funny. doesn't actually make it intrinsically valuable, right? I, mean, I was it, just, you know, I was it, just it, thinking. It's not that space there is fundamentally going to make money. It doesn't. So I mean, just uh, the oh, fact Dave, that Dave, Dave, Dave. there doesn't do anything. I was just thinking about um, Facebook as a public square, and mm-hmm. you know, use your Washington Monu- Monument example uh, or analogy. Um, the thing about Facebook is it's a public square that comes and goes depending on the engagement. You know, right. there's um, as many public squares as there are Facebook users. And at any given time, I may have two or three different public squares going. So it's not yeah. a public square that we're all jumping into. There's not like um, 900 million people in the same place. We're all looking at on our monitors, you know, right. and these are all very personal public squares. Now, is there value in feet? This is the weirdest thing about about making money on anything on the internet. In the Webmaster Radio chat room, by the way, if anyone's listening live, jump in the chat room. There's an interesting conversation happening on um, whether micropayments will become a norm. We have to figure out how to make money off of the individual user, but there's so many of them, and the surplus of users is so huge. That, like you said, so they're only worth a dollar a dollar a user to Facebook. Maybe they become worth two dollars a user to Facebook, but that's still too low to produce uh, a significant Google size revenue for their shareholders. Yeah. So what do we do? You know, every individual's uh, a micropayment opportunity, but the web has been free up until this point. We have to change traditions entirely to make the web worth paying for. And we're even having this conversation. 
where you know somebody like me who would be radically against people paying for information. Wow. Well, space to make money. <laughs> you, you know, my, I mean, the thing here's the the, the long answer. I think to me anyway, there are lots of things Facebook can do. Right? I mean, there's there's wax. You you and I can agree. I mean, they have a massive user base. There is as tons of stuff they can do that can possibly generate money. Right? I mean, you know, they they could launch a, an Amazon esque e commerce platform and sell stuff directly there. I mean, they could do that, and I mean, they you know would probably be quite successful. Um, they can figure out how to monetize mobile. Lots of ways they can do that: beating ads, doing this, doing tons of stuff they can do there to monetize it. But to me, until they do that, they're worth nothing. I mean, uh, you know, they've got a large value, but they're not worth uh, comparatively with what they're being valued at now. You. You can't do that, right? It's like saying, well, you know, Ford could eventually take over all the main auto manufacturers and get 100% market share, so, you know, we should value them as if they, they're, they're going to take over the world now. Well, no. <laughs> it's well, a possible outcome. They could decide to sell Slurpees, for all I know, right? But, you know, the fact is they, they're not right now, and so they're being based on revenue models that make sense. And, and it's just I, I, I'm very, very worried, and it actually sparked me um, onto Facebook to go, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the stock market would be like if they made, when you made a purchase, you had to hold it for four weeks. Like, if you couldn't sell after a purchase for 28 days, what would happen to the stock market? And I think we would see a much more realistic, oh, crap, I actually have to put my money into something based on what I think the value of it is because I'm stuck with it for four weeks, and so it better be worth something. Um, and I think it would adjust entirely the way the stock market is functioning right now, where you are dealing with people with artificial money going, well, if I can increase it by 0.2% out of air, right, then then I, I'm going to make a, a bunch of cash out of it. Whereas, you know, if you were stuck in a situation where you went, what is the value of this company? Because I am stuck with this thing for 28 days. So if it's not valuable and that comes out in that 28 days, I'm kind of hooped. Um, and I could lose like double-digit percents. You know, I could lose a ton of money. It may make investors a little different and make them actually go in going, I need to actually believe this company is valued. And, and I'm pretty sure you would see stocks like Facebook worth significantly less. Uh, well, if shareholders actually had to believe the value of the company was somewhere even kind of similar to what they're valuing at right now. I, I, I'm going to suggest that day trading made the nature of investors different. Um, and that's led to a, a, a lot of problems. But... Um, we got to go to break to fix a technical problem that Dave and I are experiencing. Luckily, the listeners aren't hearing it, but we're hearing this huge echo between each other. Um, but when we come back, I want to talk about something that I think actually adds a great deal of value to Facebook. And this is something that was announced for the Microsoft camp this week. Um, Microsoft's introduced its finally brought Surface Computing into my laptop. And we're going to be talking about that on Webcology when we come back after these messages. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Learn more at sesconference.com. SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days of sessions with a keynote presentation by Google digital marketing evangelist Avinash Kaushik speaking about business optimization in a digital age. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. 
Add over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the Click Z Academy, the big search engine watch eliminator, goodbye, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website or go now to sesconference.com. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here at WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 21st of June, 2012, the first full day of a, what's going to be a very hot summer here on the East Coast. Um, I'm jo- This is Jim Hedger, Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And Dave, I want to talk about tablet computing. Not just t- screw tablet computing, that is so passe. I want to talk about Microsoft Surface tablet computing. I'm blown away by this. You and me both. I, I'm I'm going to say uh, I have, uh, and, and maybe in a weird way, I'm an early adopter on some things, and I'm way late on others. I've always hated tablets. Just always. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm either going to use my phone, and that's my portable thing, or I'm going to use a laptop because I like to have a keyboard. With like a, it's got different functionality, and, and, and it, it, I want one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want one of these things. And all of a sudden, my hatred, and I, I mentioned a few weeks ago when I was running the, the, the demos and stuff, and I decided to reinstall it on my laptop at home, is I hated Windows 8, and now all of a sudden, while it still kind of annoys me, it, it all it all makes sense. Because if I want to be able to control all my different devices with the same thing, I need an interface that's going to make that make sense. And, I mean, like Windows 8 was clearly made for this device. It, you know, that's that's exactly it, isn't it? Um, and so you that's, can see where they're going to interconnect them, and you can see where. I mean, if you look at it at the 360, um, you can see it would it could easily be adjusted. I mean, it, it's on the same principles. It could easily be adjusted to to sort of mimic um, what we're dealing with here on Windows 8, and and and, and integrate just beautifully. Well, normally we talk about like. Uh, SEO design subjects. Uh, you know, often we talk about like the law in relation to webmasters and stuff, and we very rarely talk about new devices, new computing devices, handheld devices, or new computers or anything like that. Because, well, you know, we figure the audience just knows. But 
one thing I've liked about doing this show over the years is we've we've often dealt with devices that are going to change the way webmasters have to approach our work. And this is one of them devices. Um, now, maybe maybe Microsoft hasn't made the game-changing device, but they've pointed the way down a path that I think is going to be adopted. I mean, especially if you think about what they're doing with Kinect, the, uh, hands, you know, the hands-free gaming system that's now been morphed into... Um, a system for hands-free computing. Yeah. Um, looking ahead a year or so, the way our site visitors are going to be working with websites we build or that we work on yeah. is going to be really different. And so that is going to affect everything from eye tracking to user behavior to the calls to actions we create. You remember the big red button up there in the top right-hand corner because that's where the eye was supposed to be attracted to? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it'll be mid-range, like chest level, because that's where my hand is going to point first. Right. So things are going to change, and that's why I want to look at a device like this. But the reason I, I thought about surface computing earlier was we were talking about Facebook, and you're, you're talking about you know Facebook's information partnership with Bing. And in the SEO world, we're all thinking about what is going to – either steal audience share from or displace Google because you know, it's, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Now, you said makes me want to use Bing more, a phrase yep. we didn't hear uh, last year, but we're hearing more and more for one reason or another. Yeah. Um, although the, the, the value of the Twitter fig feed going into Bing is like substantially reduced today. Um, <laughs> Jesus. We'll get to that later. We tweet about it, but we can't. Um, uh, uh, I think that, 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 that if this is a way to make using Facebook easier, more fun, more intuitive, and I'm pretty sure Microsoft and Facebook are going to be making deals backwards and forwards, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a... Uh, Again, Microsoft, this may be another Xbox. I don't know. Xbox sold really well, but it wasn't the thing. Um, This may be another Xbox. But even with Xbox, Microsoft pointed a way forward. And I suggest they're doing the same here. You know what? I I completely think you're right. And what really interested me about this one is is more the way that it made my brain start to think. Exactly what you're saying. It's like, as a marketer, you go, okay, what does this mean three years from now? And I think you hit nail exactly on the head. Um, When we talk about, say, the Xbox and and we've got Surface now, I may not have my computer near me when I'm I'm gaming. I may not, but I can see a world where I'd have my Surface sitting on the table in front of me and getting the walkthrough and it connecting with my Xbox, both with the same core operating system on them. So it knows where I am in this game, great, and it's walking me through. It's where I'm communicating with my friends. It's got the you know monitor watching me while I'm gaming on my screen, right? Where now we've got this. To me, it sort of represents this pure interconnectivity in this leap forward. And it's not just Surface; it's that, and then and then when the way Windows 8 is built, and and what you know we've sort of seen you know and i don't even know that it will be called the 720 but informally it's called the 720 um you know in, in the next xbox generation and, and seeing all of this sort of coming together and going yes and, and it's exactly what you said what this represents it may not be microsoft it probably will um but it may not be and then the the, the paramount threat 
um, to Google that this could be. You're right. I mean, jokingly, I was gaming with uh, with some of my old high school friends um, a couple months ago. The only reference to Bing that was made. Uh, or, or that I'd made as far as using it for something was one of my friends getting frustrated and walking us all through the, the interface of the Xbox trying to find um, some, some maps to download. So then, okay, everybody, go to Bing. So off we went to Bing. Okay, now, now what do we search? No, you don't search. I just wanted you all in the same spot. Now click your right button. Right? That was the only use of Bing I'd had in ages, was using it as a marker point on the Xbox so that I could go somewhere else. <laughs> um, and now looking at it as, as a pure function thing, you're right, this could be a huge win for, you know, or an interesting win for Facebook if, if you get this pure device connectivity in with Facebook as well. Probably won't help them monetize too much, but, you know, there you go. Um, you know, at least we'll get those eyeballs. Big win for Bing. And uh, to me, what this represents more than anything else, so is a phenomenal opportunity for marketers um, because we'll have these multi devices. Um, but some interesting challenges for us to face, and, and something that you talked about that I think is is something we really need to be thinking about is I may start watching something on my TV. I may start watching a video or even playing a video game on the Xbox, I may continue onto my Surface, right? I probably wouldn't continue onto my phone um, because it's a much smaller, but on the Surface you can, or I may move over to my computer now that all these things will, will be syncing up if, if, you know, the live games are going to be available on all of them, and I'm sure they will be, um, you know, or if things that I'm watching are moving from one place to another, or things I'm engaged in are moving more seamlessly from one thing to another, so my desktop is exactly the same on all of them, and I'm starting at exactly the same spot on all of them. Go ahead, track conversion and user device in that environment. <laughs> that's, that's just a disaster. But I could well, see it happening. I'm sitting at work, working, grabbing my surface, you know, heading home, lying in bed, working a little bit, and then coming back to work the next. I mean, track my conversion now. Uh, dude, and you know, dude. Figure. Yeah. When's the last time you were in Ross Dunn's office? That's uh, over there in Bastion Square. Ages. But I, I haven't gone wandering through his, uh, his offices. I was there about a year ago, maybe maybe 10 months ago. And yeah. uh, i got to tell you, the dude has like five or six monitors that he's using at the same time. He has them like uh, uh, three of them arrayed like in a semicircle around where he works. And he has two of them above that. And some of them are referencing like different computers, but most of them are referencing his... his uh, main desktop, but all of them are able to sync with his various devices. Okay? Like, Ross mm -hmm. has, his, has his office truly, um, what's, the, what's the right word? Truly decked out, eh? Yeah. Um, so if he wants to move information to his mobile device, um, he's dragging and dropping using Bluetooth. It's, 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 it's a wonder to behold. Um, it's terrifying to behold. And this is all the little you know, I mean, Ross being the ultimate Uber geek, this is a little techie environment he's created for himself. Um, and I see, you know, this, the, again, this kind of device being part of that environment. You say you probably wouldn't move a game to your phone, but I bet you you'll be able to do a whole bunch of stuff on this kind of tablet device, as well as keeping your financial world in order, being able to order um, and pay for a meal right at the restaurant using this device. Yeah. Um, the, the security issues are going to be a nightmare. But, you know, we were talking about the potentiality of Facebook making uh, deals with Microsoft or some major players making deals with Microsoft because 
let's face it, the little fish got to get together to go after the big fish while the big fish is feeling kind of weak. <laughs> the enemy you know what's going to happen at the end of it all, right? I mean, it's going to turn into another big cluster F with, like, Steve Ballmer getting all freaky or something. Steve's in the house. You see, that's the kind of man that Zuckerberg is dealing with. And this is there lies the problem. <laughs> okay. On that short clip, we are going to be taking another break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're listening to Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media in Toronto, Ontario, and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. A little early, out there isn't in Victoria, it? British Columbia, and little, Brasco down in Miami, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, early, Florida. Jim. Huh? Two thirty. Why? We shouldn't take a break? We took a break like 10 minutes ago. Okay, forget the break. <laughs> Give another 10 I, minutes. Let him well, have I cake. The thing is, I don't know what we're talking about next. I was going to use the break <laughs> to figure out where we're going. Dave, what do you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. Put me on the spot. Uh, well, yeah. well uh, you know what? I, I'm going to just uh, direct any, any of our listeners. I, I'm going to toot my own horn here for a second. <laughs> uh, go for it. Uh, no, I just, uh, my uh, latest article's out on Search Engine Watch. Uh, what are you bitching about this time? Uh, you know what? I'm not bitching about anything this time. Nice. Uh, it's actually an article on, it was sort of a follow-up on my last one. It's on uh, the anatomy of internal links. So here's how internal links are weighted. Um, it was more a follow-up last month, and, and there's a link to it right in, in today's article. It's titled Anatomy of an Internal Link. And I discussed last time sort of the mathematics of it, you know, sort of based on the original page rank formulas. And, you know, here's how number of links and hierarchy of your site and following different hierarchies. Here's how the math of, of um, the weight passes from one page to another. Um, so, you know, basically, here's how you could determine the best hierarchy for your site because here's how the math flows through it. So if you start with 100 on your home page, here's how it's all going to filter down, counting your, you know, which pages link to each other and stuff like that. But I didn't get a chance to take into account in that article because it was just going on and on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, things like location on the page and, and, you know, how is this link formatted and things like that. So it's an article more discussing the, you know, which regions of a page are links on? Which ones are, are more relevant than than others? You know, well, let's you know, let's get in, let's get into it. The the uh, synapses in my brain are firing. Uh, that lit me up like like. Uh, okay, anyway, that lit me up quite well. Um, <laughs> I was, was going to make one of those Kevin Ryan like sweeping references there. But mm-hmm. I'm not gonna because yeah, like a Christmas tree. That let me up like a Christmas tree. There you go. <laughs> um, so okay, so this is you know links on page and how links should relate to each other internally. Uh, you start off by saying location, location, location. What is so important about the location of it of an internal link? Can we you know? Can we just direct well, people? It's interesting. I mean, these are the things that you and I, I mean, I'm going back like 12 years here or something, used to stand on a deck and discuss. Um, right? And, and, and it, I guess the technology of the search engines hadn't quite gotten up, but even then we kind of knew where, where things were going. Um, mm-hmm. This idea that Google's trying, and I, I, I was very careful in the article to refer to it as search engines, but let's say right now we're concerned about Google. Um, 
Google's having to try and mimic as best they can, and they've gotten very, very good at it over the last few years, figuring out, okay, how are things being arranged on a page? How, how prominent is an element of a page? This is links, this is images, this is text. You know, where is it being positioned with the style sheets and everything, and how, how much is it, it built to draw the human eye? Because, of course, what they're trying to do is, is uh, sort of qualify the content and, and elements of a page based on how important are they to the visitor. Um, so if you take something like your main navigation links, which I put as first or maybe second most important link zone on a page. You know, one might consider the um, header logo because it's such a common link to the home page. But after that, um, you would end up with the main navigation because it is where we look. It is where a webmaster will define what are the most important pages on my site because these are your main navigation. They go on every page. Well, and also, reading like a bot, that's the next logical place for the bot it's to hit. The next logical, exactly. And, and then comparing it to, say, your footer links or, or something like that, well, these are not meant to be seen. They're below the fold. They're, they're, they're there because you need to have a privacy policy link. Right, something like that, right? I mean, that's that's your you, you need a you need a copyright date, and, and you need to put, um, you know, some links that you don't really care about too much, but you feel the need to have, you know, affiliate program or whatever put in there, where you don't want to draw attention to it, but if people know to look for it, that's where they can go. Um, so yeah, and it was more sort of discussing those elements or, or the use of things like bolding, um, which in some of the comments we were like, bolding, really? Yeah. Um, if you have a bold link beside a novel, which one is built to draw the eye? Which one am I trying to focus your attention on? And, and if you look at all of your links in that context and go, which one am I trying to draw attention to? I mean, we're dealing, and I think it's important, and you and I you know, have been around long enough. Um, I think some people were, were maybe reading the article as, and I mean that when you bold a link, it's worth five times more than this non-bolded. No, we're dealing with fractions of percents here all the time. <laughs> For sure, for sure, for sure. And if you're building all your content, it all goes out the window because you're boosting the relevancy of everything and negating all of it, right? But um, if you're doing these these subtle links, attracting the eye, you get this fraction of a percent. Well, you know, well, you and I have been, we've we've been SEOs long enough to be in some pretty hardcore competitions. Sometimes 0.1% matters, right? Sometimes 0.1% is five positions because it's so close. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, it was more an add on because I I wasn't able to cover last month the sort of, I'm I'm a math guy, but you know that. (laughs) I love stats and numbers, but I just wasn't able to cover these subtleties. And I think they are important for people to understand not all links are equal. If I have a big list of links in my sidebar, well, Google's going to see a list of 50 links and go, no one of these is going to draw the eye. Right, like if, if link number thirty-two, this is not a prominent link. It's thirty-two in a list of fifty. <laughs> I mean, there's there there is no drawing of my eye over to this link. It's clearly not something that is deemed ultra important as far as a, a visiting target. Um, so you know, this link would be devalued. Whereas you know, if I have a you know a, a list of you know two or three of my main products on my home page, and you know they're images and they're you know sizable images, you know not stupid sizable, but you know solid images, um, you know with some text below them, sort of describing to to get that relevancy in there. This is going to hold more weight because it's clearly meant to attract the eye to it. So 
um, you know, just, just these sort of ways to think about it while you're building out the hierarchy of your site, because I've seen so many sites so poorly developed, um, just missing these key points, and you sort of go in after, tweak them up, and, um, you know, just from, from these subtle changes that you can do, um, end up helping both your visitors by, by putting the navigation the way it should. I mean, Google, kudos to them, and so Bing's, Bing's all right at this too, but they're actually getting quite good at trying at mimicking what's good for the visitor being fairly fairly solid for the engines as well so that they've managed to pull this off fairly well is in doing this for SEO you're probably helping your site for your visitor as well and um, you know if you know, um, if I if I had it more together we we, we got to go to break I'm trying to find a joke to go to break on uh, if I had it more together I'd make this disciples of Jacob Nielsen joke but uh it's just not there, but I do want to come back and talk more about uh, link placement, and uh, you know, I also want to talk about creative creative CSS uh, design, but it's 20 to the hour, and so that uh, preemptive break we were going to take before, we should take right now. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We are rounding out the hour. It's uh, the 21st of June, 2012. And uh, when, we went to, when we went to break, the very first commercial was Brad Geddes talking about um, his you know, certified AdWords management training. And he was offering that training at SMX Toronto about a month ago. And, uh, you know, at one point during the conference, um, at the same time, just ran, ran, randomly, Brad and I took a step outside to enjoy that fine downtown Toronto air, and um, we ran across this, uh, this 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 woman who was an attendee at, at the conference, and she was working in uh, let's just say corporate tourism, and she was she had a committee of bosses, each of whom had different ideas about their digital marketing strategies, and each of whom were trying to push her in different directions. I mean, she was responsible for everything. And so, while enjoying that fine Toronto air, uh, Brad and I, um, uh, who, who, well, we've known each other for, for, for years, but uh, we start coaching her. We start giving her advice. We start, you know, just peppering her with, she tells us a bit of the story. We react to it, give her a little bit of advice. She tells us a little bit more of the story. And after about 20 minutes, we'd actually, we developed this, uh, what I think would be really useful, but ultimately useless, web promotion strategy or, or web marketing strategy for her, her company, and all that sort of stuff. And the reason it was useful was because it would work. The reason it's useless is because she has to go back to her corporate, you know, to, 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 to her bosses, the committee that she's ruled by, different department here, different department there, different department here, different department there, and explain four or five times over why certain design changes and certain um, culture changes in their organization, you know, task management and task allocation would be necessary to, if they really want to promote their website on the web, on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. And the problem is she's never going to get it done. She sees the value in all these great ideas, but she's never going to get it done. And this actually is a segue back into talking about links, link placement and design. Because, um, you know, I'll, a lot of the small business work seems to have uh, either dried up or become too too uh, what's what's the right word inexpensive uh, to make it worth it for for an SEO firm given the the scope of tasks we have to do on, on any effective campaign now. Yeah. So there's a lot of corporate work going around the SEO world right now, and for many people in the SEO world, dealing with corporations this is this, it's, it's kind of a new thing. They're doing it now, and they're doing it well, I, I suppose, But because um, they're still employed. But still, the frustrations. Uh, you, you talk to someone like Lindsay Walker or talk to someone like um, uh, uh, Jessica Bowman and talk about dealing with committees. And, you know, they, they just get this, like, glazed smile because that's their everyday reality. Now, let's go back to effective link building and dealing with uh, the way... Uh, both human visitors and bots should be um, referenced around a website, keeping in mind um, having to deal with uh, organizations or or bosses or you know owners of websites who don't really get you know how how things are changing. Because yeah. um, I'm I'm looking at, at your article here, Dave, and I, I agree with my, I agree with you know virtually all of it. And you're not calling for major revisions, exactly. What I see you calling for here, actually, when I'm, when I'm you know, in my mind's eye, looking at the website or the web page you're telling people they should build, 
mm-hmm. is the way we were building them four or five years ago with you know absolute user engagement in mind. And I think the design world has moved away from that into this um, uh, web chic aesthetic with you know, a lot of a lot of graphical information and very little text information on a page. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and and there's pros and cons to both. And I mean, you know, I, I hope the the users. And maybe I should have put a huge disclaimer on because you bring up a good point. I hope the readers of the article know not all of these. Sometimes breadcrumbs don't work. Right? I mean, sometimes sites don't need them. Rare. <laughs> but sometimes that's the case. Um, I had to include them, of course, but they're not necessarily going to be part of every, every single design that somebody does or, or something like that. But you bring up probably the hardest thing for an SEO. And, and I think that was a really great point to bring up, and, and I feel sorry for that woman as well. Oh, indeed. Um, is dealing with with people who either I mean we've got you know either because of ego and they like having their picture on the home page or you know this that or the other thing um, are resistant to these changes even when you're going but but and you can go in the analytics and go but your bounce rate is eighty two percent yeah but right I like I like the design I like pink kittens right or whatever uh, the oatmeal's Mr Fluffy indeed yeah. Yeah, it, well, exactly, and and it's really really tough um, to deal with that. It's it's quite a um, quite a challenge, and it's funny. I I mean, obviously, you know, the larger we've gotten, and, and I'm sure you can say the same. The larger that you've gotten, the more you're dealing with entities like that, right? The more you're dealing with call space page corporations. We're not just one person is making a decision, and that person's the person hired you, so they trust you. It's, it's now it's people who didn't make that decision who are actually trying to pick you apart because mm-hmm. they need to, to vet everything that's going on, um, you know, which is fine. I mean, you should be doing work that survives scrutiny. I have absolutely no problem with that. But, yeah, you can hit these, these significant resistances. And I've actually referred to, because usually you'll have, not always, but usually you'll have a main point of contact um, and then she's the one that made so, the decision, or he's the one that made these decisions. And if you do end up with that, I've often referred to them as my English to English translators, and they do find <laughs> it entertaining. Right? Where it's just like, okay, you understand what they're saying, and you understand what I'm saying. Now you need to bridge the, <laughs> this gap well, to find the middle ground. What I, what, I, what, I, what I actually want want to get at here is there are ways to to do what you're suggesting to to, to lay out the links in the logical pattern for search bots, yet still present a page that looks a little bit different mm-hmm. to, the, to, the, to the web user. And that's, that's by arranging links in your CSS in such a way that the CSS file is going to get read earlier than other parts of the code, less important parts of the code from a, from a bot perspective. Very true. So you can still, this is, I mean, I, I, actually, I, I just used this little ninja trick. Um, to work out a big problem we were ha- that we were having in our practice, um, you can arrange things in the code in such a way that the committee judging you doesn't, they don't even know it's there. It's totally legal. Um, you're not violating any Google guidelines. But although I wonder if this kind of CSS arrangement will become the new cloaking in a couple of years, I don't know. Um, I'd I'd be looking at that as an over optimization signal if I was Google. <laughs> right, but you do wear a tough one because you're not showing anything to the user that you're not, you know, 
You're showing the same thing to both people. You're just arranging it differently. And in some cases, you're actually doing Google a favor. You're basically going, here's my important stuff. Right? Here's my important content. And I think I know the examples you're talking about is where somebody has this huge drop-down navigation thing up in their main nav, nav or something like that that's listing it off at 50, 60 different links. You've got streams of code in there, and you're just oh, like, you know what? I just want to grab that. I'm going to move it down. <laughs> you should see what that looks like in code, man. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Like, seriously. My um, eyes are buggy from this. But the thing is, in some ways, you're doing Google's job for them because you're taking this big block of code that even on the page isn't really visible. I mean, it is, but it's like one line of links. It's not this vast array of data um, as it may be appearing in the code. And so you're basically, well, let's, let's you know, paint this in, the, in a nice picture and going, you're taking Google's job away from them in a good way and you're going, here's how my content should be prioritized. Because yeah, here's but the most well, and I, I'm going to argue that's been the SEO's job since uh, since day one, making mm-hmm. it easier for the search engines to grasp what this page is about. Yeah, um, we'll call it that. Well, I mean, that's, that's, I, I'd much <laughs> rather that than uh, us being uh, web manipulators. You know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm the Claritin man, dude. <laughs> Everything is clear because of me. <laughs> okay, we're down to a minute. Um, there's a couple of other things I wanted to touch on that we're not going to get a chance to, but uh, I have a quick warning to people who are doing affiliate programs out there. Um, I've avoided pills like almost all of my career, but um, anyone who's affiliate programming Canadian pharmaceuticals in the States, talk to your lawyer. Do it now. Tell them exactly what you're doing. Show them all of your websites. Talk to them now. Canadian pharma- pharmaceuticals are being prosecuted in the United States because of a bunch of fake medication that was being sold across the border. That sucks. And, you know, I hope the prosecutions are heavy if this is true. But if you're, if you're out there doing an affiliate program on Canadian pills, talk to your lawyer now. Big warning. It's, it's quite important. You could get in a, in a, in a big mess of trouble. Um, it's a big story that broke this week. I'd like to go into that a lot further, but we don't got time. Um, there was another thing I wanted to touch on. I forget what it was. It's the heat or something. I don't know. Um, Dave, before we go, uh, we're doing a series starting, what, on the 17th of August? Yep. I'm going to start at a week of uh, Connected Marketing Week. Down in San Francisco, SES San Francisco, or CMT San Francisco, as they're calling it. This is country music television, San Francisco. Uh, connect, I'm sorry, Connected Marketing Week, CMW. Yep. Um, yeah, we're going to be running a series on the new basics of SEO, much like we did about two years ago. We're asking for listener input. So, um, you know, any SEOs out there, you, subject you want us to touch on or an obvious subject you want to put your two cents on, in on, um, email us at Webmaster Radio. We're easy enough to find on the Internet. Email us at our businesses. You can find those emails out there somewhere. And on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO in Victoria, British Columbia, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media in Toronto, Ontario. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm for the 21st of June, 2012. Stay tuned, friends. Webmaster Radio has lots of goodies coming up for you. (laughs) 